Welcome to Just After Midday on Thursday. We've hit the 23rd of February, a little 28-day month, just a couple of fortnights. Um, good to have your company very much so today. You're on Afternoons with Staffy in association with Goal. And big news today. Big news today, 10 cents off at Goal. Until, as you haven't checked, it's probably till midday tomorrow. It usually is. They go for about 36 hours. So, already cheap petrol just got cheaper. So go and fill up at Gardala Fuel, your mission, all weekend round and all year round. Uh, love having their association. He helps us do what we do, so we'd love you to support them as they support us. So, Champions Gulp, thank you very much for being on board with us every every afternoon, 12 till 4. Coming up today, get your thinking caps on, get your prediction hat on. I want to know who has the biggest winning margin in Super Rugby this weekend. And I think it's quite a good one because it's there's no... Is a little bit of pre-season form has been disclosed, but it's showtime. It is showtime now. So who's going to have the biggest winning margin? Just to remind you, Crusaders at home to the Chiefs, Waratahs at home to the Brumbies, Moana Pacifica at home to Fijian and Drua, Highlanders at home to Blues, Reds host the Hurricanes, and Force host the Rebels at midnight. Glory days. Uh, I suppose that's 7 o'clock in um, Perth, isn't it? So there's your games. Who's going to have the biggest winning margin? And we always need a tiebreaker in case someone picks um, the same. Or maybe instead of Sammy, maybe instead of who scores the most points, you say who's going to have the biggest winning margin and name that margin. And that can be our tiebreaker. Let's do that. Okay. So you have to say which team's going to have the biggest winning margin over their opponent. And the tiebreaker will be what will that margin be? Good times, good times. Um, and we've got a bit of a rugby theme weaving its way through the show today. Just after one, we're going to catch up with Mick the Kick. There's I just mentioned with Smithy. Mick Byrne, long time uh, the skills and kicking coach with the All Blacks. He's a tremendous bloke. Uh, great history in AFL, but he is the head coach of the Fijian and Drua. And uh, finally got a home base in Fiji as well, having to have last year, I think it was on the Central Coast, somewhere there. But they're back in their homeland of Fiji. So we'll talk to him about what's uh, what's happened to them in the last 12 months and how just how their preseason is. Uh, and they're going to be an entertainment factory, I am sure. Tony Joints, Johnson joins us. Tony Johnson Johnson's us um, to uh, preview the Super Rugby. Of course, he comes in every Thursday um, for the season. I might get him his view actually on all black coaching thing but really want to get his thoughts on the full round that we have to look forward to as well we also have the vault which is gosh I've lost tracks Sammy what are we we don't have it oh yeah someone got it yes someone got it we're back to 100 so it's a new one but the big thing about having a new one is it's 100 bucks and you get seven questions to narrow it down so we will have that. We'll find out what's making news. We play Show Me the Money today. That'll be just after the news at 2.30 if you want to get involved in a four-leg multi. I already figured mine out. Already figured mine out. Um, and we'll have a look back in the day as well. But Midday Madness, tell us, actually anything that's on your mind, but during that phone call at some stage, tell us who's going to have the biggest margin of victory amongst the Super Rugby teams and what that margin will be. Who's going to write these down, Sam? Me, you or Manai? Manai. Phew. Good, good decision, great decision. Manai with amazing sunglasses. 0800 150 811. It's Midday Madness. Let's get predicting. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet. 
to the rockin'est beat of madness. Rightio, let's have a crack at this. There will be a prize as well. There'll be a prize whoever gets it right on Monday. Probably a $50 TRB bonus, but why not? Because if you're good at predicting, we'd like to give you a little bit of fundage to turn it into profit for yourself because you're good at guessing it. So let's go to Mikey Christchurch. Um, Crusaders by how many? How'd <laughs> 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 <Had> you guess? <laughs> you really think they're going to have the biggest winning margin of the weekend? Look, to be fair, it's a bit cheeky, and um, I have been known to be wrong, um, but I'm going 18 points, Crusaders, over their Chiefs. And that's, Sorry, Sammy. And that's going to be the biggest winning margin? Yep. Of the weekend? Yep, I think the others will be, be a bit closer. Yep, throwing mm. it out there. Okay, Manai's reluctantly the writing that down. I can see him reluctantly writing down the Crusaders to have the biggest <laughs> win and 18 points. Who's your, who's your goer this year in Crusaders? Who, who are you quite excited to see? Oh, Richie. Always, always. Richie, different, definitely. Mm. Yep. And he's got to have a big year because, you know, I want to see what he can do this year to really lay claim to that first five position for the World Cup. So, mm. yep, all my all my bets are on that, on, on him. And also uh, also Goodhue. I want to see Goodhue get back into the whole thing. Mm. My um, one's Blackadder. I'm quite excited about the season. Ethan Blackadder is the um, one for me I'm looking forward to. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Hey, um, did you get a chance to listen to Scotty Sumo's... Um, uh, I guess rant, not really a rant, but um, before five thirty yesterday. I did. I talked um, to him before the sh- before um, he was hosting. Actually, he said, "Oh, I think I might go pretty strong on the All Blacks," and I, and I said, "Do it, mate! Like, do it!" And uh, yeah, it's good. Oh, it, it was awesome. Just just in the sense around innovation. Yes. we've lost the innovation now. So mm. uh, anyway, there you go. Good man. All good. Thank Thanks, you. Mikey. He's kicked us off. Crusaders by eighteen. Let's go to Jade in Hamilton. G'day, Jade. Hey, Steph, how's things, mate? Good, thanks, Jade. Hey, look, I've got to stick with my team. Hurricanes, mate, we're going to have the biggest winning margin this week against the Reds. Nice. Uh, we're going to go We're going to go 19 points. Beautiful. They could, you know. And they Jordy could. Barrett, and Geordie Barrett's going to get majority of them. <laughs> Kicks, tries, the whole lot. Mate, he's, he's the whole package, isn't he? He sure is. He, God, he sure is. All right, that's good. We've got two different teams to kick us off. Awesome, Jade. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. Have a good day. Uh, we go to, well, this will be interesting, Darren in Melbourne. G'day, Darren. Hey, Stephanie. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm looking forward to your prediction. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm not changing my mind. Hurricanes by 20. <laughs> I think this is the year the year of Dane Coles. I reckon he's going to score a couple on the wing. Yeah, nice. Uh, Sean Fitzpatrick I think, style. I think, and I think he's going to take his band to, to a level we've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could be the speaker in the, uh, the he could be the speaker in the house next year at Parliament once he's done with rugby. He's uh, he's got the best banter. Um Coles. Oh, it's gold, yeah. So who no, are you I'm excited for who are you excited for for the Hurricanes this year? Any any breakout player? Uh, Larkai at number six. Yeah, nice. Um, had a massive season for Wellington, and I, I really want to see this guy come in and just do what he does so nicely. He looks, he looks, he looks the real deal. Brilliant. So, All right, we'll chuck you down for the Hurricanes by twenty. Nice work. Yep. Thanks, Daffy. Cheers, buddy. Good on you, Darren. Enjoy your day, uh, Darren, over there in Melbourne. Um, Life member joins the show at uh, 11 minutes past 12. Zaid, um, am I allowed to have a guess what you're going to say? Can I have a guess? Blues by 25, Mark Talia, Caleb Clark, and Rico are going to get tries 
And after Blues, they're going to get a Super Rugby Championship this year. Stuff the Crusaders. <laughs> Woo! I think we had this phone call last year as well, Zade, if I remember rightly. Well, they got pretty close. <laughs> they got pretty close. Come on, Ken. One more this year, boys. Oh, mate, I one can, more. I can hear the excitement in your voice Woo! about Super Rugby, mate. Yeah, uh, I'm absolutely fizzing. Saturday night, 7.05. Blues going down the landers to take that trophy. Again, whatever it's called, the Caltramain or I don't know the trophy it's called. They play for every year, but the we'll Gordie be taking Hunter. that back to um back to Eden Park. So um yeah, and uh yeah, we'll get a we'll get a win. You know, they don't have Aaron Smith, so definitely blues thirteen plus. Don't know what's what it's paying at the T A B but chuck that down on your bet slips. And uh yeah, can't wait for the game. Um, yeah, so um and then obviously Blues round four at Eden Park, Christchurch uh versus Crusaders. Definitely going to that. That's the first game I'm going to this season. So Beautiful. can't wait. I'm I'm pretty sure Ken he might be even going down to Dunners this weekend. I don't know about Ken, but he's probably already down there tomorrow. Right. He hasn't texted us yet, but he, he always does, so it'll be interesting to see what he thinks. Um all right, Zade Blues by twenty five, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Blues by twenty five. Jeez, what a start to the season it'll be for your blue army, mate. Yeah. Who are you looking forward to this year? To watch? Who am I looking forward to? Yeah. Um, D- Dalton. Dalton, yeah. Right. Dalton to solidify his spot. And um, t- and here's the bolter for the All Blacks. Yes. He hasn't got to go, he hasn't got to go but Tom Robinson, he's still the bolter. Oh, Tom Robinson. Wonderful player. Big red. Big red Big source. Red. Love him. Yeah. Good on yeah, you, Zade. Thank you. See you, mate. Um, that's our life member of afternoons. Uh, Zade out of Auckland. No surprise. Uh, taking the Blues. 25 is a bit of a pumping in week one. So what have we had? We've had a Blues, two Hurricanes, and a Crusaders. So a good little spread, all about the 19 to 25 mark, which are a few hidings. Um, if you can't get to the phone, you're welcome to enter this on the Tempet Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Love to hear from you, though, because I want to hear what who your player to look out for as well. We'll take a break. We'll continue with your calls. Give us a yell, 0800 150 811. 0800-150-811. We've got a bit of a comp going. Which team is going to have the biggest margin of victory this weekend, first round of Super Rugby? And what will that margin of victory be? We'll use that if we have, need a tiebreaker, and we probably will because we're going to have a lot of teams in common. So give us a yell, $50 TRB bonus bet. will be yours on Monday if you are the winner. We go to Craig and Tauranga. G'day, Craig. G'day, Steph. How you doing? Good, thanks, Craig. This is tough, right? Um, week one form guide out. Well, there is no form guide. So mm. It's pretty hard to pick. Um, I'm a Blues fan, but I'm not picking the Blues this weekend. Uh, I do hope they have a great weekend, but uh, I don't know if I'm allowed, but I'd like to go to Super Rugby Alpaki and, and take the Chiefs Manawa. No, too easy, because I think they'll pump them as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll stick to the men's. We will stick to the men's just to try and um, because I didn't I did indicate it. Right? Yeah, I did say <laughs> Super Rugby Pacific. <laughs> okay, okay, all good. Uh, I'm going to go to the fourth team. Uh, I think I think Melbourne heading over to to Perth is is I think that's going to be a hiding. So I'll go to the fourth by thirty five. Wow, fourth yep. by thirty five. <sighs> yep. I'm going to look up the alternate point start if they've got one in here and just tell you what that would pay. Uh, I haven't got... Oh, hang on. What's this one? Forced by 31 
to 40 is paying $18. My goodness. There you go. <laughs> Maybe you need to make right. see if you can get through on Show Me The Money later. Go out the gate. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if I do uh, and it comes in, it'll all be going to the flood relief fund. So uh, I'd... I'd hope that anybody that uh, that picks up a big show me the money would do the same. Good man. That's the man you are, Craig. Thank you, buddy. Cheers. Catch up. Cheers, mate. These Craig's taking the force. But 35. Wowee. Um, he had a number. Well, here's Ken. Ken's come in, Zade. Staffy, Blues by 17. With Cameron Suofar to make a march for the ABs at Lucy Locke. One metre 96, 117 kegs, the size we need. And Zaid, I am going to Dunedin Saturday. Bring it on. Ken's one of the great rugby fans in New Zealand. I was actually just having a look at the new rules. They've been talked about a lot. I just thought I'd spell them out for you. One of them's a bit mystifying to me, but the key changes are uh, the referee's going to put a stopwatch on kickers who will have 90 seconds to kick a conversion from the time the try is scored and 60 seconds for penalties from the time the referee signals that a shot is going to be taken at goal. Okay with those. Match officials will expect the lineouts and scrums to be formed within 30 seconds of the marks being set and the ball to be used within five seconds of a ruck being formed. Like that one. Then we go to the TMOs, which is kind of weird. TMOs only interrupt play to investigate serious, clear and obvious incidents of dangerous play missed by the match official team. Okay with that. But this one's weird. Referees can utilise the TMO to make a yellow card decision, but any extended TMO video reviews will take place once the player has left the field, not before the yellow card is issued. That's the confusing one to me. So they can go to the TMO to make a yellow card decision, but if they can't make it straight away, he's just going to yellow them. And then the TMO will have eight minutes to uphold the 10-minute yellow card or upgrade it to a 20-minute red card, and the player will be replaced after 20 minutes. Referees will now also have the power to issue a full red card for deliberate foul play, in which case the player will not return to field and cannot be replaced. So he says yellow card, the guy goes off, and the, while the play carries on, the TMO can review while the play continues. I suppose the yellow will always stand, but the TMO can upgrade it to red. It's an interesting one. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, so the big ones are the time time wasting at scrums and line out more scrums for me. And when it says they will be formed within 30 seconds of the mark being set, so the referee digs his toes in and says, here's the scrum, crouch, engage, all that sort of stuff. If it collapses and there's a reset, does the 30 seconds start again? Don't know. And I think they're putting the clocks on the big screens at the grounds as well. So the, so the crowd know it's, um, they're all going to be held to account as well. So just reading further down, um, the review process for dangerous play will be as vigorous as we believe TMOs will be able to make a better judgment about the serious of foul play offences without the pressure of having to watch replays under stressful time constraints. We know players and fans don't want to watch multiple frame-by-frame frame replays while they wait for the match to resume, so we believe we'll strike the right balance with the TMO reviewing as the game carries on, which is interesting because if he's reviewing it and there's some foul play, he's not going to see that because he's watching replays. He's not watching the live action. So will players know that the TMO has got a few minutes to decide on the yellow card? He's not watching us. Let's go.
a bit draconian of me to say. I don't know. But uh, get your guesses in. So I've got uh, Ken's one has come in. Um, from Mark. Hey, Staff. Spelt interestingly, actually. You never had my name spelled like that. S-T-A-P-H. I can live with that. Like the infection. Yes, like the infection. Just like the infection. Unashamedly backing the worthy hot favourites, Crusaders, against the hapless Chiefs by 17. Leicester the most tries. Richie Moonga most points. Cheers, Mark Christchurch. I feel like that's going to be a high-scoring close game. I feel like it's going to be a final score of something like 39-29 or 39-34. I think this could be high-scoring, particularly Richie Moonga, Damian McKenzie. We're going to see a lot of carnival-type rugby, I think, to kick us off. So you think a little power play there at the TAB at two bucks, both teams to score 10-plus points in each half? Oh, in the first half, sorry, in the first half? Yep. It's pretty good, actually, at two bucks. It is. Yeah. And I didn't mind the boosted one, either Moanga or McKenzie, McKenzie. to score a try, yeah. which Zaid takes through is a good one. That's 250. What about, so you think the point start in that game as well is a good look? Eight and a, is it eight and a half or seven and a half? Six and a half. Or six and a half? I actually did a little same game multi just before. Did you? Yeah. For the Chiefs Crusaders? Yeah. Chiefs plus 12 and a half, total points over 48, mm-hmm. and Crusaders first team to 20. And that came out at 450. That's not bad. Now, tell me if you think the reason it's going to be high scoring is because uh, they're fresh, they're fired up, they're ready to go, or because there's going to be a lot of scrappy errors and... Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of errors, a lot of turnover, Mm -hmm. a lot of counterattack, and... It, t- holes. it takes a while to bed in defensive systems okay. as well. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go actually go back and look at the last few years, like the average score. Round one. Yeah, round one, just to see if that that sort of theory holds up. Mm. I'm, I'm so excited to see Ethan Blackadder back out there playing, eh? Hey? Sure. I just really am. Yeah. I just think he's... It's just a shame it's against the best team in the comp, but, you know, good to see him back. Chiefs are the best team in the comp. Absolutely. 100%. Um, Staffy Here's an interesting one The Reds by 15 The biggest winning margin People people going after the Kiwi teams We need to do like a survivor Maybe we should do an ECNZ survivor Where you're only allowed to pick a team once So then you really have to You know Think about it Mm. For each week Mm. No I was thinking about those other teams Is it Tars Brumbies first up? Yeah That'll be a good game It's the only two good teams I think the Reds are okay. I think the Rebels are going to be woeful again. I think Rebels for the spoon for me. Um, Waratahs Brumbies. I do like the derby. I used to like Waratahs Reds, um, but I think I prefer Waratahs Brumbies as a, as a bit of a uh, an Australian clash. Um, so there we go. Um, Reds by fifteen. That's Chris from Rangi Order. That's a that's a bold call, but I wonder if he's the only one that's going to be Reds. Uh, Paul and Harwetter. Hurricanes' biggest margin, and it'll be by 18 points. Paul and Harwitter. So another one for Hurricanes. Uh, Sean says, Staffy, are you really surprised by the Cantab's bullish predictions? They're only following their coach's lead. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Hurricanes by 30. Look out for Geordie Barrett. Well, we. Um, text from Zaid. We've had a call. A text wouldn't be complete without both on a uh, Thursday from Zaid. Um, when the Blues teams come out, can you please tell us on your show? Yes, I will, if it if it's out by then. 
and you please your team. Uh, there's a bonus odds tomorrow, 250, Damon Kenzie, Rich Moonga, anytime try scorer. I reckon that's a pretty good bet. I like the look of it, and I think maybe Crusaders 1-12 to tomorrow in that game. Blues 13+, plus Canes 1-12, to Fiji, Drua 1-12, to and I think the Brumbies will beat the Waratahs and the Force will beat the Rebels. There's a whole round pick from life member, and that's why he's the life member. So I got the stats from last year's opening round. Mm. What do you want, like... Do you want the most points or do you want just the like total game points? Just give me the total game points in each game. Right, so Tars Drua, 50 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs Highlanders, 42. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crusaders Hurricanes, 74. That's it was 42-32. Um, and then those are all the Aussie teams. Uh, Blues, 32-19 over Moana Pacifica, so that's uh, 51. So, so pretty, pretty – what did you do? 40, 48. Plus. So you're good there for three of the games, 48 plus. Mm. So that's not bad. So, uh, most of the Kiwi games. So, yeah. I just don't know. I feel like errors sometimes lead to low-scoring games. No, they lead to counter-attack. They yeah. lead with these Completion teams, with, though, you know? with good teams, with, with teams with good players, you know, just sweeping counter-attacks. There's a knock-on advantage, and away they go because they've got advantage, and then Damien and Richie. I think it's the Damien and Richie show. Mm. It's going to be an awesome matchup. Yeah. Nah, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, Kenny's just said here, uh, I'm delusional if I think the Chiefs are the best team in the comp. Uh, he used to think I was quite intelligent. Well, that's your mistake, Kenny. Um, <laughs> He's never been intelligent. No, that's the secret. <laughs> it's, uh, it's never been there. Uh, but I, I do feel it in my plums that Chiefs are 2023 Super Rugby champions. Mm. Right, we've had five, five phone entries. We've got about 12 text entries. So... I think you're better than that, New Zealand. I think you can get your guesses in. So 0800-150-811, the biggest winning margin. And how much will that be? And we'll only use that if it's a tiebreaker. Because, for example, whoever just gave us the reds before, if they do have the biggest winning margin and he's the only person that's picked them, he wins. Doesn't matter what the margin is, he wins. I think he's onto something there. I think he's onto something there. $50 TRB bonus bet will be issued on Monday. So give us a call 0800-150-811. If you're hamstrung and can't call, always welcome your texts on the Temper Bear Post text machine, which is double eight double three. We'll go to the news. We'll come back with more insight for you from you great people out there. <laughs> 0800. Kenny, are you a Chris, are you a Crusaders fan? <laughs> he probably is. It's so easy to wind up Crusaders fan, Steph. It's easy to wind you up too. Oh, not at all, mate. Not at all. I'm so. So Kenny's uh, sent a follow up. Sorry, but there must be something wrong with your plums. Go get it checked out. Men's health is important, Sam. Nah, it's Kenny. He's definitely Kenny from Christ, which is funny because there's just like, you hear that buzz? Like, I think the buzz in the, my headphones. I can't quite. I think it says, I'll just turn it out, sorry. What is that? Yeah, it's a. Sorry, that's, I just, that was coming through my headphones. Probably the best sound I've ever heard in my life. Mm. But is it Sing along, Sam. Manawatu, Manawatu, Manawatu. Here he is. There's Kenny ringing through. Come on, Kenny. Come on, Kenny. Let's brook. Sorry, Simon and Graham. You were first. We're bringing Kenny straight on. I knew he was from Canterbury. Come in, Kenny. I need to talk to you. Oh, no. oh, Manai's answering him. We're shifting around. Sorry, but we have to sort this out on here. Kenny. G'day, Staffy. I thought I'd give Sam a chance to defend his beloved Chiefs. Go on, son. <laughs> no, he's giving you the chance, Sam. 
I don't, I don't, I've made the claim. I don't need to defend them. I, you know, I look at the team, I look at the squads on paper, and I feel sorry for the Crusaders <laughs> and what they're coming up against tomorrow night. You kind of felt too sorry for them for the last six years, though, right? <laughs> look, uh, COVID, we can talk about COVID, Kenny. Uh, we can talk about refereeing decisions, which constantly cost the Chiefs, as we all know. Injury toll. Um, injury toll, correct. And uh, let, let's not get started on the salary cap, which uh, seems to be a sombrero for the Crusaders down there. <laughs> Yeah, green's not a great colour on you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got to, the, the house of cards has got to come down some point, Kenny. I'm picking 2023. Too many distractions for Razor. He's got his eyes on the uh, on, a, on another role. <laughs> <laughs> He's got somebody else in the truck. <laughs> hey, Kenny, you call we'll back. About, we'll, talk about it. we'll talk about it Monday morning. I was going to say, mate, you call back Monday. You promise to call if the Chiefs win, Kenny? Mate, I'll buy Sam a slab of Waikato draft if the Chiefs win. Attaboy. Yeah, Attaboy. I'll take that. I'll take that. What do you want, then, if it goes the other way? I'd probably get paid to take the Waikato draft, but um, <laughs> if you want CD, you can sort that out. <laughs> We'll sort it out, mate. We'll sort it out. Look, if they if the Chiefs lose, there's a chance I'm not here on Monday. I've got a busy schedule, plenty of appointments. I may not be here, but <laughs> if I am. <laughs> Good on you, Kenny. Cheers, buddy. Fantastic. Uh, let's get the guesses back going. Who wins by how much? Who, who's got the biggest winning margin? Uh, sorry, team. Uh, Graham. G'day, Graham. Far out. I'd take that bet with Sam, eh? Far out, man. <laughs> yeah, you're a Chiefs fan, aren't you, Graham? Sorry for Mate. Wash your mouth out, Steve. Um, um, we ne- I'll talk to you later. Uh, yes, um, what was I going to say? Mikey sort of stole my thunder a little bit. I, was, oh, I love the Crusaders, but I'm going to go Highlanders to beat the Blues by 12. Wow. Just to, just to annoy Ken and Zade. Um, but I'm confident the Crusaders will win the competition again, so I don't really care what happens this round. And I'm like you, Stapp. I'm really looking forward to seeing Ethan Blackadder. Mm. Um, he's got a massive inch in that guy. I'm really looking forward to seeing young Jack Goodju. He's, uh, I'm pretty close to him, so um, I'm heading over to the game tomorrow. So that I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and the matchup tomorrow was um, like was Jack Goodju and um, Anton Leonard Brown. Those sort of matchups, you know. First game of the season, I think it's, mm. it's, a, it's, it's, you know, you've got, I think on, I think you've got like 22, 23 All Blacks, mate, yeah. coming up against each other. The hell, it's going to be a great game of rugby, you know, yeah. like whoever wins, you know, if Sammy's team does win, it'll be, you know, they've got some bloody good players in there, man, and, um, and so have the Crusaders. So it's, it's it is exciting, you know, like, I, I think. It's good that people actually are ringing up and, and texting and about how excited they are. Oh, truly excited. So, and just um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Hurricane supporter, but I'm so looking forward to the Chiefs-Crusaders game. That 10-12-13 matchup on both sides yeah. and, the, and the loose on forward matchup. Sides, like, yeah. And I'll say, I'm a, I'm a Hurricanes fan, but the player I'm most excited about this season is Ethan Blackadder. Yeah, same, mate. I just He's just... I heard him on this morning was uh, Izzy. It's just um, like we need him. You know, we really we need him in the All Blacks. Mm. Can you imagine a one-two punch with him and Shannon Frizzell, mate? Bang. How good would that be? Yep. Just bang, mate. You know, like 
And, and, and if you've got a moment, tomorrow morning there's an interview on another radio station, sadly, with Razor. That'll be interesting, to say the least. I think it's on just after 7 in the morning. It'll be, yeah, it'll be, might dispel a, dispel a few myths. All right. But, um, yeah, it's going to be, going to be, old Hoss has got him on in the morning, so it'll be an interesting interview. Good but, on. And sadly, it's, sadly, it's all getting played out in the media. But um, Sam, go and wash your mouth out, mate. Or I'll buy you a box of beer as well if, they, if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's going to be pissed all week. Cheers, mate. Cheers for that, Sam. Good yes, on. Mate. Cheers, buddy. This great. We'll go straight to who we got next. Brett from Huntley. G'day, Brett. Sam, you don't listen to those fellas, Sam. <laughs> I'm getting nah. feral, boys. Just in one I'm ear, out the other, Brett. already. <laughs> Babe, run it straight, those fellas. Win, lose, or draw. I hope they just keep on complaining about how grubby we are. Because that's how we roll. <laughs> Get it up, the mate. Are uh, you hard? Uh, you'd think after winning that many titles, they'd be a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They are a miserable bunch, aren't they? <laughs> Gee. Uh, they're always complaining. If I, if I had that many titles, I'd be happy as uh, uh, we just run it straight. Be dirty, guzzler. Be dirty. It reminds <laughs> me of... Reminds me of LeBron James, who has to constantly tell people that he's the best rather than just being the best. It's like Crusaders fans just have to find a way of convincing themselves when, you know, the titles speak for themselves, but they just, they're not confident. It's like they're scared. Hate it or love it, the underdog's on top, man. Let's go. Let's go, Brett. Biggest margin, I'm going to, so I'll go neutral on the, on the biggest margin. I'll pick the, the Blues uh, to, to pull away late in the piece, uh, 16 points. 16 points yeah. to the Blues over the Landers in the in the hot box of Dunedin. Brilliant. Good on you, Brett. Hey, good good hey, to hey, hear from you, mate. Yeah. See you, mate. Uh, Simon in Auckland. G'day, Simon. G'day, Stevie. How you going? Good, Simon. Um, so is it the biggest winning margin, is it? Yeah. And which team? Which team's oh, going to Which team's gonna win? have the biggest winning margin, and what will that margin be? Oh, yeah. Um, ooh, toughie. <laughs> um... I'll go a bit outside the square. I'll go. I'll go the Drua by ooh, fifteen. That's my one too. Drua, <laughs> I think Drua. Yeah. I think they are going to be. They're going to shock some people. And stay listening because in about twenty minutes we've got Mick Byrne, who is the head coach of the Drua, and we'll dissect what he thinks their chances are and their squad, etc. But I liked what I saw from them last year, and last year was their first year. I think they could build. So Drua by how many did you say? I will go fifteen. Fifteen, good man. I'm with you. Yep. I'm with you. Cheers, Stevie. Good on you, Simon. Good to chat to you, buddy. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Oh, the great man. Oh, Graham, he don't, you don't mind holding. You're just sitting down having a coffee and a muffin in your car in Mainui or Carterton or Masterton. Not sure. We'll find out, Graham. And you guys can call in 0800 150 Which team's going to have the biggest margin of victory this weekend? And what will that margin be? Uh, kia ora, Graham. Hey, Steph, how are you? Good, Graham. On the way to Upper Hutt, just as you know. That's good. Okay. Okay, the, the, the Hutt motorway. Nice. Yeah. And uh, finger up the nose for you, Sam, there, mate. I think uh, Crusaders are going to put 19 or so on uh, on the Chiefs. It's not my pick, though. Um, 
I think the Hollanders are going to have a surprise for the Blues. I think Moana Pacific might have a surprise for the Drua. Mm. Um, Hurricanes should win comfortably, but I'm going Western Force. This could be the blowout game. Western Force by 19 over the Reels. Nice. Something like that. It's usually a high-scoring game. Yeah, beautiful. And in the nice warm weather over in Perth as well. Don't mind that, Graham. Yep. Yep. Free running. That's it. Good man. We'll carry on. Have a good day. Yep. Just like that. Oh, Lammy from Palmy. Kia ora, Lammy. Oh, oh kia ora, Steffi. How are you, buddy? Good, thanks, you, mate. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for the Hurricanes this year anyway. Mm. But... um. I'm like the previous caller. I'm going to go for the Western Force, uh, twenty plus. Western Force by twenty against the Rebel. Yeah, it's yep. about a, that's more a pick about the Rebels than the Force, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, cause like you said, the Rebels are the last. I mean, they're, they're playing they're good anyway. So yeah, and then mate, the Chiefs are going to beat the Crusaders anyway. They're going to the beat Chiefs, them, you reckon? Chiefs, yeah, mate, by one point. You got Sammy punching the air in the producer's box, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good man. Okay, buddy. Take Thank it you. easy, Lemmy. Have a great weekend. Um, another one for the force. There we go. Uh, one more before the break. We go to Bruce and Christchurch. Uh, g'day, Bruce. Steffi. Been a while, mate. It has been a while. I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Listen that, mate. Um, hey, look. I was going to go with the force. So I'm going to go way out on a limb and say, I'm going to say the red. Okay. I'm going to say the red. The reds play quite well early on in the competition. And they've got some uh, big boys in the pack and stuff. And they, um, the Hurricanes, I don't know, they, they don't always start well. So I'm going to say the reds by 13. Reds by 13. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, look, I'm looking, like you, mate, I'm absolutely... Looking forward to Blackadder getting back into it. He's just fizzing to go. Yeah. And um, David Harvey as well. We missed both of them for a while last year. And um, that, that first up game against the Chiefs is going to be a very hard game. It sure is. Very close. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a ripper of a first, of a, of an opening game for the round, isn't it? Yeah, but quite often, you know, the first round is quite scratchy for a lot of. A lot of players, a lot of teams. Mm. They haven't quite got that confidence and they make a lot of errors. So I don't think the results will be that big a margin. They tend to cancel each other out. All right. All right. We'll see how you get on with your Reds. I hope so, you're um, wrong because they're playing my team, mate. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, I, I, I'm just slightly strategic there, mate. <laughs> I don't mind strategy. I embrace strategy in competitions. I'm all about that too. Good on you, buddy. But um, looking forward to it, mate. Me too. Good to hear from you, Bruce. Okay. Enjoy the first Go. week of Super Rugby Pacific. I'm very much looking forward to it myself. Um, we've got a screed of text entries, which I, I'll take our last break for this um, half hour. And I'll come back and we'll work our way through. Actually, there's a ton of them. Okay, we'll work our way through them after the break. Righto, let's rattle through some of these other entries we've got. Well, Kevin, I don't know what to do with you because you've said Canes by 14, Chiefs by 7, Blues by 15. I don't know what to do with you. I'll give you Canes by 14, Kevin. Is that what we're going with, Manaya, for Kevin? Canes by 14. He put three in, so we'll just give him the first one. 
the top text message. Trying to cover all his bases. Yeah. I'd, I'd almost eliminate someone for that. <laughs> Straight <laughs> disqualification. No, we'll give Kevin Keynes by 14. That's what we'll do. Uh, Thomas says, Chiefs 14 points on the Crusaders. Very good opening round. They've matched them up beautifully for round one. I agree, Thomas. Great matchups this weekend. But you agree with the 14 points, do you? Nope. Um, from Craig, bugger Graham and Lemmy. I took the force in the hope I'd be the only one. <laughs> See strategies all over the place, Craig. Uh, Molly has taken Hurricanes by 17. Hurricanes by 17. Uh, Craig, uh, Chiefs Crusaders game should have should be off the chart. Come on, the Chiefs. Anyone but Canterbury. Yes, I'm originally from Auckland, so I have a friendly um, awkward feeling. I'm not going to say that word. A friendly awkward feeling towards the Cantabs. It's a great game to open. Uh, Jim from Tomoki just sees Crusaders for life. And I get that. You, once you've got a team, you never change. So yes, Crusaders for life. You haven't put a margin, Jim, so your entry's not in. So you have to up your game on that. Uh, Staffy and Sam. However the games go this weekend, I have loved the banter this past hour. Like everyone, I can't wait for the rugby. Laughed out loud a number of times. <laughs> Keep up the good work and go the mighty Crusaders. We were talking, Sam, about you were saying Crusaders fans are so easy to wind up. But I actually think they enjoy getting wound up. Yeah, secretly. Because they they think it's jealousy from the rest of the country. Of course they do. Yeah, they sit in the ivory tower. I know how it works. And I said to Sam, like, as a Hurricanes fan, the Hurricanes have won Super Rugby once, Mm. and the celebrations were off the hook. Same with the Highlanders. Won it once, and the celebrations were off the hook. When the Crusaders fans win, you celebrate, but it's not off the hook because you do it all the time. Yeah. They don't even show up to the, to the finals. Well, it's just they, a bit boring at this point, to be honest. Yeah, okay. They don't go. I remember there was one year and the semi final, and and I think it was the Waratah. It was someone that was going yeah. to be easy. No one went. They said, no, nah, we'll go next week to the final. <laughs> and I was like, please lose the semi. Oh, that would have been good. Not because I wanted them to lose or anything, but then they oh, the season's finished and we win at the last game. So, what about a prediction of, I, I have a feeling that something this weekend is going to happen controversial, Steph. Mm. Maybe in that Crusaders-Chiefs game, uh, Crusaders game, like a red card, controversial last-minute decision, last-minute penalty maybe. Remember and on Monday... Are, the refs are going to be rusty? Yep. Monday, we're going to get Kenny ringing in and being like, you know you shouldn't have won that. That penalty in the 78th minute was Blade total... forward pass. Yeah. Yep. Both your tries were offside. Guarantee it. Ethan's try was a try. There was no yeah. separation. He knocked that on. He knocked that on. <laughs> More text messages, but more importantly, after the one o'clock news, very much looking forward to catching up to the head coach of the Fijian Drua, Mick Byrne. Of course, uh, a great career as part of the coaching setup with the All Blacks. But how's the Drua going? We're about to find out after Johnny Mac's news. Right, let's get some of these other picks before we go to Mick Byrne. Um, g'day. Highlanders by three. That's going to be the biggest winning margin is three. Highlanders with the biggest winning margin and his guess is three. Andy... Don't know that you'll win this comp, but I wish you all the very best. Kenny says Crusaders by 30. Uh, Kevin says, yes, please, I'm a Canes fan. Uh, Cookie says eight tries and three conversions for the Blues to two tries and two conversions for the Highlanders, 46-12. Too many Blues players have got too much to play for this year, and the Highlanders are rebuilding. See, some, some solid research and thought has gone into that one. So he's saying Blues by, what's that, 34. Um, Rob says Crusaders by 50. <laughs> Hi, lads, Blues by 18. That's from Richard. I've got any more down the bottom here. Yep. 
Go the Mighty Canes and up the Vikings. Marshy. Yes, Marshy. The Mighty Orange and right Vikings. Uh, Drew by 16, but I don't mind being wrong if the Chiefs win by 20. (laughs) That's Chris. Highlanders beat the Blues by nine. Simon from West Footscray. West Footscray. Jeez. G'day, Simon. Good to have you on board, buddy. Um, And a couple other things I just want to clear up. Ken has seen in Staffy. The new rules are great for number eights with speed, like Hoskins, Satutu. And maybe that's why Jacobson is at eight instead of Gus for the Chiefs. Yes. You're such a you're such a good analyst, Ken. Uh, Neil says uh, TMOs usually have two screens or split screens available for TMO and sideline doctor, but you can only look at one side of the split screen. Neil, maybe I don't know. Maybe the docs look. At, oh yeah, okay. Split screens. Are you guys now? We've had a number of these. A number of these. Are you guys having a comp in the SENZ tipping? If so, what's the league name, please? We're all going to go into the SENZ one, I think Sam has indicated to me. We haven't got the facility to open up a separate afternoons one, so we're all going to be lumped in there. But I think you can follow different people and stuff like that on the SENZ one. Um, but I'll get Sam to explain it. Um, he's just double dipping on two two tasks at the moment, so I can't interrupt him. Um, Jim from Tamuka says, Staffy, you need to have medical assistance standing by for your life member, Zaid. When the Blues go clueless and lose because I fear he has a season of stage fright ahead of him. I'm just saying because I care. Thank you, Jim. And uh, Mark says, people won't be see- so enthused about uh, Super Rugby when the NRL starts. It's just way more to talk about when the NRL starts. Way more to talk about. But right now, we're going to go across to Fiji, um, which is the home base of Fiji and Drua. And, of course, it is all starting this weekend. And potentially the most entertaining game this weekend will be the Drua and Moana Pacifica. And Mick Byrne joins us now. Mick, welcome in. Well, Super Rugby, as we all know, and we've been desperately waiting for, it is here, well, nearly here, this weekend at Cracks underway with some fantastic matches. And I think potentially the most uh, entertaining one is possibly the two Pacific Island nation teams, uh, Moana Pacifica, taking on the Fijian and Drua. And head coach, pretty much to the day, rejoins us after a year, Mick Byrne, head coach of the Ndrua. Fantastic to have you here, Mick. Uh, welcome in. Thanks, Steph. It's awesome. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, uh, Super Rugby was Super Rugby for a long time, and then it became Super Rugby Pacific last year. And the two teams that form the name change, Super Rugby Pacific, go head to head on uh, Saturday. We're really looking forward to getting across to Auckland there and uh, lighting up Mount Smart as, as both teams and, and with the fans. I think the Ndrua were one of the teams that when we watched them last year, there was gradual improvement week in, week out. And you always said that last year was going to be a huge building block. Uh, a lot of your players hadn't been involved in a in a big tournament format, format like that week in, week out. Um, how's this year's preseason matched up to last year's? Oh, I mean, what do they say? Chalk and cheese? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the boys just having the time together in the preseason to work in the gym and get out in the field and and understand the professionalism of, of the game. You know, as you said, mate, when we started last year, we had players that hadn't been involved in... We had one player that had any professional rugby experience as such in Super Rugby. And 
the week in and week out challenged us. We're offshore, all those things, but uh, we're into our 17th week of of training, you know, and uh, obviously treading lightly for the start of it, you know, the first few weeks. But, you know, when you think last year, we, we had sort of four weeks of, of work before Christmas or three weeks before Christmas and then into the into the game. And I know last year, Moana had a lot less than us. So they did a tremendous job to get out of the field as they did. And they're probably like us, just relishing the opportunity to spend some time together, some quality time together during a pre-season. So it's quite an exciting opportunity for for all our players to to get fitter, faster, stronger, and now go out and play some some rugby. And as we all know, Fijians are blessed with natural ball skills. Growing up in the islands, they're just wonderful athletes. And um, I always thought maybe the challenge was bringing in. Um, from your coaching stuff, maybe decision-making, maybe strategy, um, discipline, I don't know. Uh, but the natural flair is there. Is that is that as part of a coaching system what you have to address? You don't have to coach flair, do you, with these Fijian boys? Uh, and, and you run the risk of you know outsmarting yourself if you try and do that. I think the key for us was when you watch them play their, their footy here on the island, they play no-touch footy, so... You're not allowed to get touched. It's a turnover. So when you watch it, the ball is just like humming all over the place. So, you know, you don't want to even venture down that road. The offloads, you know, I've been involved in programs where coaches have tried to teach offloads around goalposts and under bags. And, you know, these guys, you just let that go. What you need to do is understand that it's it's not no-touch rugby, you know. And I think that was our challenge last year, the instincts. You know, the guys smarter than me call it cognitive behaviour, you know. So... You know, that's what that's what they call instinct. So their cognitive behaviour, all the way that they've learnt all the way through their life with rugby is just to throw the ball away, you know, and get touched with it. So helping them understand it's all it's all, all right to get tackled with the ball. You know, as long as you're going forward, you're, you're making some yards. Don't, don't, it's, it's, all, it's okay to get tackled with the ball. Be good at presenting it back and the next guy will go and then eventually you'll push yourself into a part of the field where you can go and start playing your no-touch rugby. Um, and that was something we learned last year, and um, we've been working hard on that. We, it's not it's not stifling the team; it's just giving them another another string to their bow. That ability to get go forward through the forwards, get some good carry off nine or good carries off ten, get some good gain line, shift it to the backs and play. And then when we make a line break, you know, let's let's go for it because as we all know. The game, you, you prepare for a game, you train for a game, you've got this line-out play, you've got that scrum play, but nearly 40% of the game is played where we haven't actually trained for. And so that's where we just like to think that, and so is Moana. Moana's got the same ability. In that open part of the game, when the game becomes an unstructured mess from a knock-on or an overthrow at a line-out, you see both these teams will lighten up and, and we're looking forward to seeing that um, on Saturday. Tell me a bit about your squad. How many changes have you made? Were you enforced to make? Um, where have you shored up? Just, just, just the setup of your of your squad that you're going to present for this season. Um, we made probably we brought about five or six players in. Um, we've made a couple of changes, um, which were sort of not by choice, but it just happened. And you know, we so we've we've brought four or five players in. We signed up, when we originally signed our squad, we wanted to give them all an opportunity to make it. So, you know, they all got sort of two years. 
Um, and some guys have come a long way in that period of time. Others have got a little bit more work to do. But we didn't want to change after year one because, you know, these guys had no experience. So we've got to see how they grow from that year's experience, see what improvements they're putting into their game on and off the field because it's a big challenge, professional rugby off the field. And uh, we've seen some really good improvements with our squad. So we didn't think we'd have a big turnover of, of players. We've had four or five. Um, and what we also have brought in, we've brought in 10 or 12 young academy players into the system. So oh, brilliant. we're having a look at um, promoting them. We've got uh, Levi Natave. We've already extended his uh, academy into a full-time contract. And we're probably looking at another three or four with the opportunity this year of bringing them in. So that that's going well for us as well. You're probably not at a luxury resort on the east coast of Australia uh, this season no. as, as your base. Where are you based? Tell us a bit about your camp. Yeah, we're based in uh, Langalanga, which is uh, the first suburb as you go past Nandy Airport out of the city. So we're right, basically right next to the airport. Um, we've got a big warehouse that we've put in. Uh, it's a fantastic gym we've put in here. It's it's one of the best gyms I've ever worked in. Wow. Uh, so we have the luxury of building that from scratch. We've got about 12 square metres of uh, jiu-jitsu mats down. We've got a player's lounge. We've got a team room. We've got a medical area. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've got a really good base. We don't have a training field at the moment. We're just shifting between a couple of fields, but we've, we've got land out the back here that we're turning into a football field. The post went up two weeks ago. The graders are in today. We expect that'll probably be ready in five to six weeks. But at the moment, we're shifting ourselves between, uh, for those that have been to Fiji and trained, there's an international school which has a, a good field. And then there's Prince Charles Park as well. Um, I'm not sure if that's been renamed King Charles Park yet, but <laughs> Prince Charles Park. And uh, yeah, so, th but we're really lucky. The boys have got facilities they've never had. So, when we get on a bus and we go into this ground today or that ground today, it's it's nothing. It's water off a duck's back to them and they just get on with it. They're magnificent in that regard. I've always recognised you, Mick, as uh, one that likes to empower individuals and be engaging with them. Do you, and, and do the, the Fijian boys in your squad, are they comfortable to come to you, Mick, and say, hey, I've got an idea of, of a strike move off a line-out or, or a blindside play? Does that sort of thing happen? It does now. Um, it didn't. It didn't for a while. Uh, you're right there, Steph, and, and thanks for that. It's, look, I've always thought that if you're asking questions and the players have to think of the answer, um, whether they get it right or not, as long as they're thinking about the answer, they'll eventually get there. And if you ask the right sort of questions, you get them thinking the right sort of way. But sometimes here, when you ask the question, they think they have to be right. Mm. And so, you know, you have to be careful that you're not intimidating them or in or they don't want to feel like you're embarrassing them or some, something like that. And it's really important. So I think they feel a lot more comfortable now coming up with an answer. And if they haven't quite got it right, you sort of fire another question at them and they think, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, now I see what you want. And then they realise, you know what? We're part of this decision-making here. We actually, it's our team, you know, we're part of this decision-making. So, yeah, there's been a lot more of that this pre-season. A lot of players are coming up and, and making suggestions and even... You know, the other day we came up and, you know, they made some suggestions about the program for the week and we made some subtle changes there. And the energy, because of their, their coming to us, the energy changed overnight. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I think they're enjoying that. I don't think they've had that 
you know, it's not a luxury, but when you don't have it in life, sometimes it seems like a bit of a luxury, but they're actually enjoying the opportunity to be part of the decision-making of, of, of the whole environment. So that's, that's been good. Yeah, I love that. I love that. We're talking to Mick Byrne, head coach of the Fijian Drua. Uh, Mick, obviously living, training based locally, the reaction from the locals, um, is there starting to become a bit of an environment, a bit of a bit of a support that you're hearing from the locals in and around where you are? Yeah, they um, yeah, since Andrewa came into town they've they've finally been able to have a team to cheer for. I mean, there's still a lot of Chiefs and Crusaders jerseys around <laughs> town. We we have to try and fix that up over the next couple of weeks. Um but, yeah, we, look, I think they've got their own super team now that they can cheer for. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting when you're out in the villages, they somehow find the TV screen somewhere. And uh, the Fiji Sevens were playing a couple of weeks ago and I was in the local village. And you could just, when they made a line break and go for a try, the whole village, you could get rucks around you. So they're all sitting down around a screen somehow or other. And, and, and uh, speaking to one of the locals, I was... Uh, having a bowl with one of the locals, and uh, and he said when Drew played last year, you could hear the noise in the village at night. You know, the every time there was a line break or every time, even some decisions, you know, the, you could hear the village come to life. So they really embraced us, and I think you saw the crowds that were at at the games last year. We're going to have a, a very vocal fan base, and uh, they have embraced it in Drew. And I think it's just great for them to have a team now that they can they can embrace and like basically touch a team that's in Super Rugby. And what about you, Mick? Life living as, you're not a Fijian citizen, but you'll be an honorary citizen at the moment. A big change for you living in the islands? Yes, big change. Um, I think the, I, I'm, enjoying, I, I'm enjoying the change. Um, the, the people here, they, they're very obviously welcoming and... Um, you know, when people talk about living in Fiji, they've got to not think about, you know, uh, Mana Island or Plantation Resort and, you know, those dinner hour resorts. It's, that's not the Fiji that you live in. So I'm really enjoying, I live in Asoso, a little uh, town down the road here and the locals are great. You know, it's awesome and they're just very friendly. It is, but it's a bit different, you know, things take a little bit longer to get done and you sort of adapt to that. Um, but it is a good lifestyle and it certainly, um, put it this way, staff, there's a lot worse places in the world to live and work if you call coaching rugby teams working. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I've just added to my bucket list, uh, get to Fiji and go to a, and drew a game with Mick Byrne. I think that would be an absolute oh, highlight. There's a, there's a, there's a Spare room with an ensuite in my place, ready for you if you want to come across. <laughs> oh, geez, that sounds good. That sounds fantastic. Mick, uh, wonderful to catch up with you. We will do it again during the season. I wish you and your very entertaining team uh, very much. It's such a good spectacle of rugby to watch when the Ndrua are firing. And I just saw enough last year um, with a little bit more time on the paddock. We're going to see something special. I, I think you're going to have a good season, Mick, and, and I really hope you do. Thanks, mate, and uh, appreciate your words. And uh, we're looking forward to giving our fans something to really cheer about. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mick Byrne, just such a wonderful man. And I'm, I, I really hope both Moana Pacifica and Fiji and Drua build on last season, <clears throat> a good settled pre-season. And as Mick said, it was a hurried pre-season last year and they're sort of on the back foot from the get-go. 
but they sound a lot more harmonious, a lot more up for another professional season. So we do wish all teams, um, but I've got a special little soft spot for the two Pacific Island teams, um, which is where Super Rugby Pacific got its name, uh, a little bit more encompassing, and I think they bring a bit of colour, a lot of flavour to the competition as well. We've just gone 20 past one. If you still want to have a bet, a bet, a guess in our, what are we going to call it, our Thursday picking bonanza, um, you can still text through double eight double three, Tampa Bear Post text machine. Who's going to win by the biggest margin? Which team is going to have the biggest win in the weekend? And what will that number be? Well, and use that number uh, as a tiebreaker to see who can absolutely nail it. Closest one for round one will get a $50 TAB bonus bet. We're probably going to do something like this each week, actually, for both uh, Super Rugby and the NRL when that gets underway. Uh, we'll have different different sort of themes, different things for you to challenge and pick. But um, we'll do something every week just to keep your interest up over the weekend and a little reward each uh, each Monday. We'll probably do NRL on Thursdays because they have a Thursday night game, but we'll do Super Rugby on Fridays and uh, just a good little bit of an get your thinking caps on and, and be part of the um, the picking. Now, tipping, uh, tipping.senzradio.nz is the SENZ Super Rugby Tipping Competition. It's $2,500 Ultimate New Zealand Sports Experience Price Pack up for grabs. Um, I'm just doing mine right now. I've just registered. Um, during the air break, I'm going to do mine right now, and I'm pretty sure you can log in and you can – I think you can follow people and stuff, uh, pick favourites. I'm just trying to figure out here. But anyway, I'm doing mine. I'll, work my, I'll share you what mine are after, the, after this break. But do get your guesses in to be in with a chance to win that $50 TRB bonus bet, which will be handed out on the radio. Brad says, what's that comp? It is tipping.senzradio.com. Dot NZ, and you just register, and for example, game one, and it will show you how many people have picked each team, like as as a percentage, and also for game one, you have to say the margin there. I've taken Chiefs by six. There you go. I've taken Chiefs by six because only twenty percent of the people have taken the Chiefs. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And I'll tell you what the rest of my picks are. Good afternoon, Stephanie. Hope you're well, mate. I am. Thank you, Stephen. I'm going Hurricanes by twenty-three. All the best, Steve-O. Good on you, Steve-O. Hurricanes by 23 could happen. Reds by 16 for Chris. Blues by 17 for John. High teens seems to be the way people are thinking. Carrie says Hurricanes by 17. Brad, interesting. Crusaders by 8. So, Brad, are you saying that all the games are going to finish 7 or less except for the Crusaders winning by 8? Huge close round. Maybe maybe people need to take a multi-bet with every team 12 and under that you think are going to win. Hey, guys, my pick for Thirsty Thursday, tipping temptation, is Fiji by 20. Cheers, Tomo. That's almost... That could go into the Riders Festival. That's a lot of tease. I like That's it. A lot hey of alliteration. My pick for Thirsty Thursday, tipping temptation, is Fiji by 20. Cheers, Tomo. Yeah, fantastic. Can we turn that into a tune? Is there a way to put a yeah, I I could, put a beat down? Can you? Do you want me to put a beat down? You wrap it out. Is mm. that how you want to do this? Um, let me just see if I've got a. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, oh. Hmm. Come on, Super Rugby, it's here. Hey guys, my pick for Thirsty Thursday, tip and temptation is Fiji by 20 chest. Tomo, I say Tomo's my guess. $50 bonus bet Monday, oh yes. 
sure. That was uh, produced actually by Navit, uh, producer Navit here at SCNZ. It's an original tune. Does he make that tune? Yeah. Nice. I did, I did all right on that with no uh, no rehearsal. Now, Steph, um, should we talk about the tipping comp? After the news? Before the news. We can talk about it before news quickly. Go on quickly, Because a lot of people have been asking us please about do. an afternoon's tipping comp that we're going to set up. But what we're going to do instead is direct you to the SENZ uh, tipping comp. Yes. Which uh, you've got all the details about, Steph. Tipping.senzradio.nz. I just gave them all that before, Sammy. Oh, I was going to tell you what my picks were. Oh, I wasn't. I was obviously on that meeting. But um, what are the, what's the price? Do you have the prize there? $2,500 Ultimate New Zealand Sports Experience. Wow. Um, so my picks, round one. Mm. Chiefs. Do you have to give a margin? Only in the first game. Okay. So Chiefs by six. Good man. That's my first pick. Smart. Basically because only 20% have picked the Chiefs, I think they're better than 20% You're a strategic to man. Win. Uh, then I've taken the Brumbies to beat New South Wales. I've taken uh, uh, the Ndrua to beat Moana Pacifica. Blues to beat Highlanders. Hurricanes to beat Reds. Force to beat Melbourne. So the only one I've gone against the tide is Chiefs beating the Crusaders. Have you Not any, I think it's a coin flip match. And the fact that 80% of the people have taken the Crusaders, only 20%, 20% have taken the Chiefs. I'm taking, they're not paying $5 head to head. That's what a 20% chance winning is. So you're getting over the odds. That's my theory. I like it. New sport and weather. Let's go. One thirty on a Thursday. Brenda Popperbell. Why cattle? T-A-B. Death dog. Yo, yo, what's happening? Stanley Street's where I am, right down the road from where you are. That's right, SEN, down the road from the TAB studios. I'm the Stanley Street, what you been doing? <laughs> yo, 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 puppy dogs. That's why I call you puppy dogs. <laughs> oh, it's carnage. It's carnage today. Oh, good to hear from I see you're Stanley Street, you're Auckland side. I am, I am off inside, yes. Uh, just been uh, doing a few things up this way. I was going to make my way in, but just uh, time got away on me, staff. So, um, yeah, not to be. Love to see you some stage, Pops. Love to see you. Anyway, um, we've been doing a lot of Super Rugby. Very, uh, I'm actually impressed. Everyone is pretty excited about Super Rugby starting, and I think Crusaders Chiefs, yeah. I, I don't think you could uh, pencil in a better match to start the comp. No, yeah, and, and I tell you what, the, the, the betting here is, is very divided uh, between these two sides. We have seen around 67% of our money with the Crusaders at $1.47, but money for the Chiefs at the same time. Their, their prices continue to drop uh, from around that $3 price, and we've seen a good steady flow of money for them. So even though, as I said, 67% of the money with Crusaders, we've seen good bets for Chiefs 1-12. to 12. That, That's been a very popular winning team in margin. And our, one of our bigger bets that's come through today is $1,000 on the exact halftime, full-time double market of Chiefs Chiefs mm. uh, at $3.60. Um, that, that's one that's taken money. And, and Takiyaho, uh, first, second, or third try scorer in the match, most popular power play, which sits at $5. So, yeah, this is going to be a blockbuster. Oh, absolutely is. And um, I loved the one. The, there's a boosted one there. Either McKenzie or Moonga. To score a try boosted to two fifty, that will get some traffic. 
Well, I tell you what, a lot of those juicy power plays already are getting a fair bit of action already. And I think there's going to be points in the match. That's the other thing we're seeing here, is it looks like we're going to see points from both sides. So when you start finding power plays with these certain players to score tries or amount of points in the game, okay, we've even t- taken a bit of money on either team to score 40 or more points. We've seen a bit of money around that. So, look, I just feel as though this is going to be a game where we're going to get a lot of money coming in. I think we might see a, a bit of a game as well. So that's that game. Around a couple of other matches uh, that's taken some support is certainly the Blues. The Blues could be your lock for the weekend. That's what we're seeing here, 135 uh, around them head-to-head versus the Highlanders at $3.20. Uh, and the and the Canes, 160 v the Reds. But they seem to be the most popular head-to-head markets at this stage uh, via the multis. What about the Test match, uh, Black Caps against uh, Brendan McCullum? That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Uh, <laughs> um, this is a funny one because we've got weather involved. And when weather gets involved, that's when the draw starts taking some money now. We've seen England play 11 test matches under Stokes and Brendan McCallum. They've won 10 of them, and the other one they lost. So there's a high chance there's not going to be a draw, even with where the plays its part. In saying that, we have seen a lot of money for the draw, from 4.50 to $3.40. But we have seen money for England. Uh, we've taken a couple of thousand-dollar bets around England uh, with where they do sit now, uh, which is what are we now 2.22. And that, the thinking there is, well, if the game is shortened, we know how they can accelerate the match as well. So that, that, that's the key, I think, around England uh, taking a fair bit of money. We have had some support around Tom Blundell, uh, top two New Zealand run scorer. Uh, he is boosted at $4. Mm. We've seen some nice support around that, of course, for his home test match uh, at the Basin. But at this stage, weather betting uh, around the draw, uh, 73% of our head-to-head money is around the draw. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I've seen the weather forecast. It's not looking too flash. Have you got Have you got a, uh, I know it's Thursday, so we'll, I'm not going to call it a long range, a medium range uh, term bet for us for a pony this weekend? Yes, yes, yep. Um, there's racing on Saturday, two domestic race meetings, uh, one at Matamata and also Altaki. And on Saturday, race two at Altaki, we have the second race of the day, yeah, I'll just quickly bring it up here. I think she's moved in the market. Yeah, she has. Hold the press. Was 350 uh, and is now 320. That, that, that's a horse I feel as though might be one of the better bets for the weekend because if it does rain down that part of the world, that won't be a problem. She's trained locally uh, on the track and is ridden by Michael McNabb, who is New Zealand's leading jockey at the moment in terms of his jockey premiership. So, yeah, 350 to 320, race two, number two, hold the press. Yes, and an early slide in price will indicate that will keep sliding as well. Early money is usually educated money, yep. is what I've learned. Pops, um, good to have you in Auckland, albeit we didn't see you in the flesh, but that will happen one day. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Pops. Always good. And West Tigers, mm. most bets on them to win the grand final. Just saying, West Tigers. I think they could make the eight. They could be a team to follow. But the Tigers have been very well back to win the whole kit and caboodle. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, good luck, West Tigers. Um, go well, mate. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Steffi. Thanks, man. Cheers, mate. West Tigers to win the NRL? Most bets? 
That's unbelievable. It's just stupid, actually. It's $5 bits. Also might mention that after that little musical interlude after break, we've received a handful of BSA complaints, so never again. Okay. What, complaints about me or Brendan? Um, Probably just the all-round performance, Manoir, wasn't it? Uh, Manoir in particular, actually, he sent one of the BSAs in himself. Mm. Uh, I just like to distance myself from the last half hour of radio produced <laughs> by this station. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Well, right. I thought you were. I thought it was pretty good stuff. But yeah. Personally, I thought it was too. Yeah. Radio Award can't please them all. Now, music station. True. Mm. Yeah. Um, what are we going to do after this? We're going to find out what's making news. That's where I can sit back and be entertained by the research uh, capabilities of Sam Hewitt, and you can too after the break. What's making news around the world? Urgent and horrifying. That'll Ooh. be interesting. Will it live up? Uh, potentially. Mm. We'll Let's see. Let's go. Yeah. There's always something that just spins my wheels in these bulletins. Well, I think I've got the one just for you, Mark. And it, it's Thank actually, you, Samuel. It's actually in reference to another Mark. Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Yeah. Um, apparently, and the Funky Bunch. I think Wahlburgers, which is his burger chain, is opening in New Zealand here. I'm pretty sure CNZ's doing a little something, something around it. Really? Um, but yeah, it's opening in New Zealand very, very shortly. Um, what's closing though is a deal on Mark Wahlberg's house, his mansion, fifty-five mil. Oh, fifty-five mil a day. But let me just run you through a couple of things here, okay? Oh. Uh, it's got five golf holes <laughs> situated around various around. <laughs> One of them's a hundred and twenty-yard par three that actually goes over a canyon and it goes over the house. So you tee up on this side oh. and the greens on that side, the other side of the house. Um, so five golf holes, if that um, tickles your fancy. Uh, of course, it's got a pool, uh, skate park. There you go. Tennis and basketball court, full size. Here's the one that gets me, though. 12 bedrooms, mm. 20 bathrooms, <laughs> which theoretically means you could shower in a different bathroom for nearly three weeks <laughs> if you did one a different day every single day for three weeks. I get How's like, that? Every, every bedroom's got an ensuite, so that's 12. Okay. You've probably got the main bathroom that's near the living dining room you've probably got two or three of those where are all the others there's probably one out in the well, pool actually just in general doesn't make sense to have more bathrooms and rooms does it no how does the plumbing go if all 20 are in use at the same time <laughs> yeah, oh, the extra large extra large pipes um <laughs> but i don't understand why you'd have more bathrooms a bit like because you've only if there's 12 i guess if there's 12 bedrooms you might have 24 12, people staying yeah, but you'd have 24 people staying with you, so you'd have a bathroom for pretty much everyone. Four years get away. I tell you what, he bought the property for $8.25 million in 2009. It was finished in 2014, so obviously he did a lot of renovations. But um, 50 mil, 55 mil, he sold it for. Just thinking though, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. you've said 12 bedrooms, potentially 24. Mm. Mark Wahlberg, I think it's potentially 36 people. Maybe. Mm. Uh, he's worth over $400 million, so pennies to him mm. um, there is a plane in uh, Japan that was uh, forced to turn around after flying 550 miles so uh, it, it completed its journey to the destination it was going to only um, it, had, it landed 10 minutes late and they closed the airport at, like you got to be there at 10 the Japanese people are very Time. strict and rigid I was talking to someone about this the other day who went to Japan they said when you get off the subway in Japan everyone just like gets off and it's just single file and everyone just gets into single file and like the left people on the left, the right, other people on the other side, and they just up and down the stairs, and it's, it's so ordered. ordered and just efficient. Um, so it makes sense to me that this plane, after landing late by 10 minutes, was told, you can't land here. We're close. We're close. The doors are closed, so you can come back tomorrow. 
and so they had to fly back 550 miles had to stop halfway to fuel up because I obviously didn't expect it and uh, ended it back in Osaka wow so there you go there's a little lesson there to anyone who's flying around Japan be on time and uh, finally Starbucks in Italy apparently there's a lot of backlash when uh, it first opened in Italy in 2018 I'm not sure if it was like a moral backlash or just you know Italians are very um, we're talking a lot about different cultures today Italians are very high class when it comes to food and drink aren't they and coffee and coffee especially so maybe Massively. they just saw Starbucks as a bit of a blight on them well Starbucks is trying to up up the brand a little bit in Italy by offering a range of olive oil infused drinks oh stop it they thought you know everyone loves olive oil in Italy right so why not just throw it in a coffee <laughs> see what happens apparently the chief executive the idea struck him when he was going around Italy and everyone has like a spoonful of olive oil every day with part everything of their, yeah and he he put it in his coffee once and it just created this amazing taste and so he thought let's let's bring it out at Starbucks have you ever there's a loaded coffee and you put butter in it oh that's nice though. I'll take a bit of butter in there but have you ever tried the um, it came out I was went viral a couple of years ago olive oil and ice cream no did you, did you try that no it's pretty good no did you try it I did try it pretty good do I liked it with French vanilla ice cream. I didn't try it with like a flavoured ice cream, but and just not plain olive oil. Just one one tea one spoon of olive oil. Put it in with your French vanilla ice cream, and just eat it like that. And it creates a very nice. It's just a good. Do you mix. mix it in? You can mix it in. I I sort of just wanted to see what it like. So I had a little bit of olive oil, got a little bit of ice cream together, put them in at the same time, and yeah, it was it was nice. How much better than just ice cream was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely yeah, hard why to say. Have you complicated uh, yeah. something brilliant. <laughs> Correct. Already. Hard to say if it was an improvement I or if it's just put, a variation. If you put olive oil on chocolate bar, it'd be pretty good too. I reckon. Yeah. Well, it's a variation. You know what I mean? If you just want to mix it up, because I, I put peanut butter on my ice cream. It's not bad. The new Pix one, which is called Smunchy, which is halfway between smooth and crunchy. Yep. It's sort of a little bit crunchy, but mm-hmm. quite smooth, and it's quite liquidy. Nice. So I get a couple of spoons of that and trail it across the ice. I got a mate who puts um. A pinch of salt in all his ice cream. It's like yeah. salted caramel. Salt caramel. Yeah, he does yeah. it on all his ice cream. He actually does really infuse the flavour, as you might say. Um, well, I'll finish. So anyway, sorry, that uh, Italian coffee coming to Italy, um, I believe, next month. It includes a latte, cold brew, and oleato deconstructed, which uh, pairs espresso oleato. with olive, olive oil infused with a luxurious passion fruit cold foam. <laughs> cold foam. Cold foam. Fact of the day. Mm. I talked about uh, Mark Wahlberg's wealth. I'll talk about Jeff Bezos, shall I? I yeah. like. I did that one to you about how if Elon lost ninety nine point nine percent of his wealth, he'd still have like one hundred and fifty million or something. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, right? Eighty eight thousand dollars to him is a dollar to you. So, oh my god! You know when you're walking down the street and those people um, from like charities and stuff sort of catch you off guard and say it's only a coffee a week. Yeah. Well, that's like four hundred grand for Jeff Bezos a week. Yeah. Eighty eight k is one dollar. So I'm just trying to think like. What do you spend a dollar on? Oh, like a parking meter? I mean, I know we don't really do that anymore, but you put I've a dollar. A, I've had a dollar coin sitting in my bag for about three months now. Eighty-eight thousand dollars. I don't know where to. I, I can't spend it anywhere. Eighty-eight grand to Jeff Bezos. Auckland. Imagine, uh, Auckland can you imagine intersection that? windscreen washers. Love a dollar. Oh yeah, but imagine Jeff Bezos like just using that terminology. I've got $88,000 sitting in my backpack. It's been in there for ages. I don't know, I don't what, know to what to do, do with it. it. I don't know how to spend it. You know, <laughs> that is the comparison. So. Does Funny he do times. charitable stuff? I think Bezos? so. I think he gives quite a lot of weight, doesn't he? Okay. I know Bill Gates does. Couldn't he just like finish off all charities with like his pocket? Yeah. Probably, how mu- yeah. how much do you need uh, Oxfam? I'll sort. How much do you need? Yeah. yeah. And we'll wind you up. You're done. 
Yeah, we need three billion. Done. Right, you're done. Next. Next. <laughs> well, I remember reading something. I know we're running out of time here, but I remember reading something that um, if the US used one tenth of its military budget for a given year, they'd solve world poverty. Yeah, I've read that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they throw away more food than they consume as well. Wow. Okay, so that's an amazing fact. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Facts of the day are just coming at you thick and fast. We'll have the final entries into our who wins the biggest, who has the biggest winning margin in the first round of Super Rugby, and if so, by how many, we'll wind those up as we approach two. On SENZ. The person that just texted in saying, tomato sauce on ice cream works a treat, you need help. Tomato sauce on ice cream? I think you're taking the piddle. As always, there's lots of noise around the Blues and Chiefs, but sadly they don't often win comps. <laughs> LOL, they've put at the end. Brumbies by 14, Gary from Porirua, and Gary has confidently put his TAB account number in there as well. He thinks he's winning. Someone else did that as well. Who is the other person that did that? Graham from Otahu. Reds to beat the Hurricanes by 13 and his account number. I like it. Um, Highlanders by 30 from Mark. Fiji and Drua to win by 21 from Brian. Mark says Chiefs by four. Brendan up the mighty Landers by 15. Smash those Jaffers. I wonder if that's Brendan Laney. Are you listening in, Buffer? Forced to beat the Rebels by 14. Jamie from Wanaka. A heap of them. Manai's got them all written down and a $50 TRB bonus bet will be coming to the one. So lines are closed for the competition today, but we're going to do it every Thursday, Friday for the rest of the seasons. Here's the news with Johnny Mack. Bananarama, I am your Venus. The very last entry came in just before the news. Drew by 23. Up the mighty Crusaders, smash the filth. My goodness, I've just got the teams. The teams have just been named for the Highlanders Blues game. So here's your Highlanders team. Ethan DeGroote, Reese Marshall, Jermaine Ainsley will be the front row. Locks, Putty Putty Parkinson, Josh Dixon. Loose forward trio of Marino Makali Tu'u, uh, Shannon Frizzell and Billy Harmon will captain them from the seven jersey. Falau Whakatawa, a welcome return to him. And the nine, rest of the back line sees Mitch Hunt, Thomas Umanga Jensen, Josh Timu, your wings are John Nareki and Jonah Lowe, and Sam Gilbert rounds out the starting 15, the bench of Andy Makaleo, Daniel Leonard-Brown, Saula Mau, Will Tucker, Sean Withy, Kimara Hoiti, Parapara, Freddie Burns, the import, and Connor Garden-Bashup. The blue side is on this page. Offer Tonga Fasi Kurt Eklund Nepolalala, who I think's playing his 100th game for the Blues. Patrick Tuapolotu and Cameron Suafoa are your locks. Akira Ioani in six. Dalton Papali seven. Hoskins Tutu at eight. The back line Finlay Christie, Bowden Barrett, Roger Tuavasashek starts in 12. Rico Ioani 13. Caleb Clark on one wing. Mark Tillia on the other. Stephen Perifeta. Is at 15. Interestingly, the Highlanders have named impact players. The Blues have named reserves. Uh, Blues reserves, Ricky Riccatelli, Joshua Fusitua, Marcel Renata, James Tucker, Adrian Choate, Tofa Funaki, Bryce Heem and AJ Lamb. There you have it. Uh, Harry Plummer and Tom Robinson not considered. 
Uh, Tom Robinson with illness, Harry Plummer with ribs and a few others not available as well. Super Rugby right around the corner. We've been getting a few text messages in this week saying when's TJ coming back on? Well, he's coming back on today, uh, very shortly. We're just trying to get through to him now. Oh, it's a 2.15. He's told us 2.15. Okay, 2.15. So there are your starting lineups for the Blues Highlanders. Um, I think the Blues have a stronger bench. Well, Blues have a stronger team on paper, but the Highlanders have got something that no other team seems to have, and that's that surprise element, not expected to win games. But um, there they are. Great see for Lau Whakatawa back for the Highlanders. Mitch Hunt's going to need a bit of a form reversal, but he's he's capable. Uh, Umanga Jensen and Timu in the midfield. Interesting because the talk was that we would see more of Roger Tuivasa-Shek on the wing, particularly right wing. Um, just looking at who's not available. Not available for the Blues. Sam Derry, Alex Hodgman, James Lay, Sam Nock, Harry Plummer, Tom Robinson. So maybe they're just saying, Roger, give it your best crack in 12 and we'll see if we make any changes from there. So, um, yeah, watch that one with interest. Um, now, I believe we're going to do pacing for purpose. Sammy, no, we're not. We're not going to do that either. Jeepers, we're not talking to TJ. We're not doing pacing for purpose. <laughs> I'm, uh, I've got another meeting I'm on here. Staff, if you just want to put that to air and we can just listen to that for a couple of minutes. What's the meeting you're on now? It's just an all-staff meeting. <clears throat> oh, should Just I log chat. in and get, oh, actually, join the meeting? No, I've got something we can talk about because um, we have revisited um, the Great Cafe out in the middle there after yesterday's uh, daylight, daylight, daylight robbery. And I, I asked for the scone and I thought chips for 50 scone's got to be not far off that. It was five bucks, which is sort of par for the course at a cafe. Mm. Manai here, um, unfortunately, has pretty much spent his whole um, his month's salary daily income. On, uh, on, on some food, Manai. I'm going backwards yeah. um, financially. Yeah, yeah. And uh, probably a good time to talk about uh, what what you are hoping to spend your money on uh, in the coming in the future. <laughs> yeah, I've got about 15 tabs open in front of me. Oh, just quickly on the salad, $14 at Me. Uh, they only had about a, a cup and a half left of salad. I got the cup, $14. Sam got the other half for free. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave it to me for free. Probably felt bad about the chips. Uh, so sickening stuff. Now I've got about 15 different uh, tabs open in front of me. Uh, I'm in the market for a new wedge for my golf set. Oh, now listeners, you'll appreciate. I was like this when I was about 19. I was mm. so infected with the golf bug. Mm-hmm. And now I've got two producers who are infected with the golf yep. bug and it's about labels, it's equipment, it's gear, it's do I get a mm-hmm. 58 degree, do I get a 60 degree? And I'm mm-hmm. just sitting back going, oh, this was me when I was younger. So, yep. so th- that's the first part of my question. I've only got a pitching wedge. That's the highest loft club I've got. Do I need a 54? Do I need a 58? Do I need a 60? I really want a 60. Yeah, he's... De- he's de- a lot of the chat in the Hellbent, booth here, uh, staff, has been about the 60. Mm. Uh, he's, he's a sucker for a 60. Here's my question for you two both. Mm. What's the difference, not in loft, but what's the difference between a pitching wedge and a sandwich? What do you mean? What's the difference in the two clubs? In ter- lo- like loft? <laughs> yeah, what else? Uh, is, the sa- is the face of the sandwich uh, higher, bigger? Well, I, I know that my sandwich 
doesn't it's a it doesn't have a back like a, like my pitching wedge has a big cavity back. Yeah. The sandwich doesn't really have a back. Then it has the thicker bottom edge for bounce. The sole. Yeah. yeah the sole. So it has bigger bounce. So yeah. for, for, to get through sand. And Correct. but a lot of pros and a lot of very good golfers use the sandwich off grass. Yeah. Mm. To get a bit more action on the ball. And yep. I'm not too worried about the sandwich staff. I generally don't go near the stuff. But uh, I. <laughs> oh, <laughs> confident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I want is uh, to be able to spin it backwards. I just want to rip one backwards. I don't care if it adds three strokes to my round. I just want to do you that just once. Want and, you want to just want suck spin. back. Yeah, in front of uh, my mates. Isn't that all any of us want to do? We want to hit big drives, hit impressive shots. So is any, I'm going to chuck this out there. Is anyone out there, used to play a lot of golf, and you know, you, you, when I was playing a lot of golf, I'd, I had my set of clubs, but I'd ha- I had about 18 clubs, um, so you had to wow. leave four out because you only had 14 in the bag. So I had extra wedges, extra drivers, um, three woods. Ex- Has anyone got a wedge out there that they think <laughs> might work the oracle for Manaya? Yeah, something that they used for like 20 years and it just was an, am- was an amazing bit of kit. And you and- don't play golf now because you dislocated your thumb mm. and you can't play anymore. I'd greatly appreciate that. Um, <laughs> certainly, certainly would save or you some money. Or even just text us through some wedge advice for Manaya. Well, because currently my plan is I can't justify buying golf clubs out of the joint account that misses it have my head. But what I can do is uh, is uh, multi my way into being able to afford a new club. So if you've got any tips, um, I would greatly appreciate those tips as well. Tips to enable Manaya. So yeah. and Manaya goes around in about forty five fifty for nine holes somewhere yep. around there. Yep. Yep, so it's got to be a nice sort of forgiving, so we don't want any of these forged um, blade-type no. wedges because no. it needs a little bit of forgiveness. And am so I right in saying that? No, I don't know about that. <laughs> and, I, and am I right in saying, Steph, that um, generally better golfers use lower bounce because it sort of allows for a uh, sort of – it's a lot more precise, a lot more control, whereas sort of the medium and the high bounces are for players that – yeah. Need a little bit more. Yeah, the, like the guns, they all use blade clubs. So. <laughs> yeah, come right off the bat, Simon's got a 60 degree for you. <laughs> I've got a 60 degree, I'll send through a photo later if you're keen. Cheers, Rushy. Rushy, you are a champion. Sausages, wedges, you got the lot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give out your email address so you can send you that photo or something? Yep, uh, sam.hewitt at senzradio.nz. <laughs> no, one knows how to, no one knows how to spell my last name. Manai.stuart. <laughs> I know I'm going to spell my first name. <laughs> uh, so get in touch. Mark.stuart. <laughs> oh, I don't have my emails. Ah, <laughs> oh, well. How do you spell your surname? Is it just H-E-W-A-T-T? I'm not even going to say now. I'm just going to let that one. There's only one sit. T. I know it. Do you? I know it well. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so yeah, wedge advice or wedges to uh, packaged uh, one two five the strand panel. <laughs> so I'd be keen to see what people advice about wedges is. I can see Israel Dag in his studio at the moment. He's a handy golfer himself. He's he'll have wedges deluxe. And he just picked up a new driver. I saw as well. Did you? Um, yeah, picked up the uh, Stealth, the new TaylorMade Stealth too. Oh. Nice oh, he'll have spare clubs for you, Manon. Yeah, what's he done with his old driver? <laughs> Maybe it's on its way up here. All right, we're going to have a break because we want to get to Tony Johnson, preview Super Rugby round one. Also want to get his take on the on the happenings uh, around Ian Foster's comments yesterday. So TJ, great to have him back consistently. Every Thursday he'll join us after the break. Welcome back in, and Super Rugby is right upon us, and I was going to say back by popular demand, and I'm not lying, we've had a few text messages uh, this week Asking when uh, TJ, Tony Johnson from Sky Sport, who'll be up to his ears in research, I would imagine, with um, Super Rugby. Um, 
he's going to be joining us very shortly. We're just getting him up now. He's there now. TJ, thank you for coming on because finally I can tell the people that have been texting in when's TJ coming back. I can say TJ's back now. Welcome in. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well. Very, very well. I do want to talk about um, a few things with round one, but I want to cover off a few, few things. Great to have you back on, TJ. Three things. Let's do them in this order. Uh, law changes, women's rugby, Ian Foster. Are you happy with that? Yeah. Well, you can any order you like, mate. I, do, you want, do you want to start with the elephant in the room and, and talk about Fozzie first? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. What, well, what have just, you made of it? Mate, uh, what I make of it is it's just turning into another mess, isn't it? It's a bad look, what's going on at the moment. Um, and, you know, the sort of... Radio silence isn't helping, but I don't understand why suddenly or why anymore there is a need to make this decision now. They were worried, I'm sure, about the knock-on effect of two big appointments internationally, one being England, one being Australia, the prospect of losing someone like uh, a Razor Robertson to one of those jobs. But England uh, have filled their job, and having, I'd say it would have cost them a considerable amount of money to get rid of Eddie Jones and more money to get Borthwick and co out of their club commitments. They're not going to fire him after the World Cup, come what may. Mm. Australia have got the bloke that, you know, they're they're touting as the best coach in the world, Eddie Jones, and and I don't even think nine months is enough for Eddie Jones um, to drive everyone around the twist of Australian rugby. So (laughs) I I I just don't, to me, that this, domino effect that they were fearing isn't there. There's going to be some vacancies for sure. Um, I mean, Scotland are talking about Leon McDonald getting involved with Scotland. But I just don't see there's a pressing need now. And, you know, whether or not you think that Ian Foster is or ever was the best man for the job, and I'm not saying either of those things, uh, but regardless of what you think, he is the all-black coach for the World Cup, and he deserves to be operating in a much uh, more, uh, I, I don't know, steady landscape or a solid landscape than he's being afforded at the moment. It, you know, it, it is only making things more difficult for him, uh, you know, and, and to the point where this week he's had to come out and, and make his claim publicly. And again, the fact that he's felt the need to do that does not reflect well on the leadership of New Zealand rugby. Yeah, that's sort of what I mentioned yesterday. I, I've said we need to divorce Ian Foster... The super, uh, sorry, the All Black coach and Ian Foster, the person, and Ian Foster, the person, had to come out and speak on behalf of Ian Foster, the All Blacks coach, because he doesn't want it to affect the team. And by him coming out, it clearly is affecting the team. And I'm with you. It's like a New Zealand rugby scared that if they don't appoint Razor or, who, or Jamie Joseph, whoever it is right now, they might not have him come the end of the World Cup. And and I'm with you. There's there's plenty of candidates. Well, you think about what happened last year uh, in, in South Africa. I mean, he was they were basically preparing the plate for an execution, to, t- to take a line from a song, you know, that, that he, was, he was, to all intents and purposes, gone, and, and then he wasn't. I mean, there was quite a kerfuffle before he was extended uh, the year before, and now this, uh, as I say, um, whether, you, whether you like him or not, I, I don't think this is very becoming uh, you know, the treatment of an all-black coach and he's got the biggest job surely the number one priority is the World Cup this year um, and look, you know, the, the fact that uh, people keep going to Razor and he's made sort of comments about a, um, 
an announcement being imminent in the last in the next couple of weeks. I don't know that that was all that helpful. I think it ramped things up. But but uh, I, I take your point um, that there are other candidates, and uh, you know, there's t- uh, Jamie Joseph and, and Tony Brown uh, are a duo that have had international experience now, which has always been a prerequisite. They if they are so inclined, they have to be in the reckoning as well. It, this is not a cut-and-dried appointment. Um, but as I say, I just don't see now what why. Uh, to me, they need to come out now and say, look, we've had a look at the situation. Uh, we feel that there's you know enough stability around the world at the moment that we're going to leave a decision left the World Cup. And until that point, all our energies are going into helping Ian Foster and the All Blacks you know, have their best possible shot at winning a World Cup that I still think, uh, it might be against the odds, but I still think they are capable of winning. Oh, I do too. I do too. And, I, and I'm with you. In general, rugby have to come out and say something. But when they say something, don't say words that say nothing. Actually make something. Make a decision. Yeah. Just make a goddamn yeah. decision. No, they've got to be um, decisive. Well, they don't necessarily have to make a decision. Uh, it, it's, it's about actually being clear. And, you know, the clarity, I think, is the thing that's missing at the moment. And they just simply are not communicating their position effectively. Now, obviously, uh, everyone is going to point the finger at, at Mark Robinson. He's the CEO. I guess, you know, that's where the buck stops. But, you know, he's got advisors around him and there's a board there as well. And you just, you know, got to be, that they, he needs to be getting the right direction and the right advice. But, you know, I think they've got to put this one to bed. They've just got to put this fire out and, and, and get on with the job that's really the most important this year. Mm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to ask you about women's rugby too. Of course, uh, the Black Ferns on the back of the World Cup won Team of the Year. I think rightly so. I was quite happy with that. Super rugby O-Pickies about to get underway. The women's rugby landscape, TJ, what are your thoughts? Well, thoughts are that... The, you know, they are operating now in a, a great position because, um, you know, the support and just the whole buzz that was created around the team last year. It was one of the, it was one of the best things that happened in New Zealand yeah. last year, that Women's World Cup. And it was such a feel-good thing. And, you know, hopefully um, they're going to be able to build from that. I noticed one thing that's uh, interesting that they have decided to, to run. Um, yes, there'll be some double headers, but they've also run a, a number of the games as standalone fixtures, and I actually welcome that uh, because when you, you know, it doesn't matter who you put on, you pre- make it a double header in New Zealand. The fact is, is that people are still going to think that the game kicking off at seven o'clock is the main game, and they're going to turn up, you know, for that one for what they perceive as the main game. And I think by putting these games, you know, I think uh, uh, games, say somewhere like Porirua, it's got a chance to really attract a, a good crowd um, to a game in its own right. And I guess that's going to be the big test now. Uh, Levin Domain, I think the uh, um, Hurricanes Poa are playing Chiefs Manawa this, this week. And Chiefs Manawa look like they've got a really powerful side. And what a great opportunity that is mm. for the people of the Horofenua Kapiti area to get to the Levin Domain. It's a great ground. And, uh, you know, this, as I say, here's the bit where they start to, to really cash in on what they achieved last year. Yep, with you there. Um, we'll hit a, we won't have time to go through all the games, TJ, but um, the, the draw makers, I feel like they've got it right for a blockbuster tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Crusaders hosting the Chiefs. I'm a Hurricanes fan, as you know, uh, but I cannot wait for this clash. Yeah, uh, it, absolutely. 
I did the Chiefs Blues uh, preseason game. Now it was uh, it was all over the place because they played in three thirds and they were swapping players in and out. And there was something like you know over seventy players that we had to get out, <laughs> twist our tongues around. I did feel for you while I was watching game. that, TJ. <laughs> oh, mate. At one stage, I even had a bloke playing who wasn't even on the. He wasn't even part of that seventy players. So <laughs> that's, that's how confusing it got. Um, but look, um, you know, Crusaders. Um, particularly with the whole Scott Robertson scenario, uh, you know they start as favourites again. Losing George, White, uh, sorry, losing Sam Whitelock is it's a bit of a, a blow. He's obviously taken a knock to the head, and they're not taking any risks. And Will Jordan's still not available to come back. First game of the season, I I liked a lot about what I saw from the Chiefs last week. I think again they've recruited well, they've built up their strength, adding a guy like Manaki Selby Rickett to an already strong forward contingent and then of course you've got D-Mac back, you've got Brody Retallick back, two you know top class players you know Damian McKenzie at this level can be quite phenomenal and and that's the really enticing thing about this game. I think uh, the, the Chiefs would be concerned a little bit about some of their scrummaging last week. I'm sure the um, Crusaders would have eyed that up but if they can sort that out, I, I, I think they're a shot. I think they're a shot at, at, at causing a uh, a bit of a, an upset start to the season. So all you um, um, Crusader fans, get out there and force to support your team. It's, it's you know, I hope it's, it's a cracky start to the season. And it's going to be interesting just watching, Daffy, um, some of these uh, law changes come into effect. Just in short, halfback, uh, opposing halfback can't go past the middle of the scrum and make a nuisance of himself. Uh, the likes of TJ Pedernada, well, he's not playing at the moment, but if he was, he'd have to find something else to do. Um <laughs> And also uh, yellow cards. They're going to any offence now uh, deemed worthy of a yellow or a red. They'll send them to the bin, and then the TMO in the background will check and see whether it warrants upgrading to a red. It's all about saving time, not stretching things out too far on the field while they go through a million replays. Yeah, I, I read that, and I'm and the TMO is allowed to interrupt for clear and obvious foul play that the referee may have missed. So I'm just wondering yeah, if they can still do. Everything else is decided on the field, so you're not going to have them calling forward passes and etc. Uh, they, I think there's just a feeling that maybe the the powers of the TMO. Well, we know the powers of the TMO just got a bit out of whack in the, in the last couple of years. Uh, early signs of a need to speed things up, keep things moving, are positive from the Six Nations. I thought Paul Williams did a really good job in the Scotland-England game, kept it moving. No office meetings before every line-out, that sort of thing. 30 seconds to get to the line-out. Um, no mucking around before the scrums, goal kicks, etc. like that. And it, that can only be good to the game. The referees have to be consistent and they have to stick to their guns. Yep. Blues go down to Dunedin. Um, the Highlanders are capable of ambushes just about against any team in Dunedin. But round one against the star-studded Blues, it's a tough ask. Yeah, boy, if there's ever a game that you want to be in Dunedin for, uh, apart from a final or a semi-final, of course, it's the first one of the season. Mm. Because they, you know, they hand out all the tickets as part of the orientation um, Welcome to Dunedin and all the students. So the zoo will be full, pumping. Got uh, a, a new coach in charge, Dermot. I'm sure he'll do a good job and they'll fire up. But yeah, the Blues, uh, when they had their frontline lineup on the field in the first 30 or so minutes against the Chiefs last week, they looked really good. Uh, scrum looked 
mightily impressive. Um, you know, Papa Lee leading a very strong loose forward trio, plenty of talent in the backs. Uh, I, to, to me, I think, you know, the Blues and the Chiefs both have, have got depth and talent in their squads capable of really challenging the Crusaders this year. Is Roger Tuivasa-Shek going to be the most talked about rugby player again this year or are we moving on? Well, obviously all eyes are going to be on him. Uh, I, I thought it was really good later on in the piece when they played him uh, sort of kind of on the wing and a little bit at fullback. And I like what he saw of him. At one stage, he came racing forward, took a high ball on the fly and just looked great. And I, I always had sort of nagging doubts about, you know, initially I thought he looked like he could really be good at 12. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure he'll um, he'll be playing there and... Uh, and, and, you know, just what he's done, um, what, what work's gone in, just to try and sort of get the best out of him this year, because if it doesn't happen this year, well, then it's not going to happen. Last one, very quickly. Um, Moana Pacifica, Fiji and Drew, I think a wonderful addition. That's why it's called Super Rugby Pacific. We had Mick Byrne on the show about an hour ago. He's pretty excited to get this team. We've now got a season under the belt. They've got a proper season. They've got a home base. They've got the based in Fiji. I'm quite excited about both the Drua and Pacifica, and it's a good opening clash for those two as well. Well, it's a, a great one. It's funny, I, I was at uh, a school cricket match yesterday afternoon, and I had the pleasure of the company of Afisa Tunu for the, um, ah. to the duration. Our daughters were on opposing sides yesterday, and he was telling me they've got a whole bunch of them, they're sort of volunteers, guys, who've, uh, or people who've been involved playing before in the past. They're all going to be there helping out with the... Uh, you know, with the crowd marshalling and all that sort of thing, which is which is a great initiative. Um, yeah, but look, they haven't, uh, they have lost a couple um, minor Pacifica, um, which you know is, is is not great. But then there were other guys who sort of came through last year uh, and and looked like they've had real potential. So look, it's the perfect way to start the season off for both these teams, and you know it'll be spectacular. And I think the other one was I think Hurricanes playing against the Reds, interest in, in that game. This this is kind of make it or break it year for Brad Thorne as a rugby coach. But I see he's added, well, I know he's added to his coaching staff with our old mate Kane Haynes, who's, uh, who's going to have a, have a crack. As a, one of, he's our good friends and he's going to be on, he's on the coaching staff this year. That's oh, brilliant. He's had a crack at refereeing and a crack at commentating and now he's a coach with Brad Thorne. Good on him, good on him. He's a good man too, Kane Holmes. TJ, we've got a scoop to the news. Great to have you back on board this year. Um, looking forward to it each Thursday. Okay, buddy. Cheers, mate. The great Tony Johnson there, and he'll be calling a lot of games of this Super Rugby. If you want to play Show Me the Money, 0800 150 811, four-leg multi, you pick one, me, Manaya, and Wedgeman, uh, Wedgeman, Manaya, and Sammy. Uh, show Me the Money after the news. Oh, there's a lot of calls. There is a lot of calls uh, coming in. Um, we will spin the wheel. I've actually got the wheel. I've found out how to download the wheel, and I load it with how many oh, lines. Oh, you got to have you. Yes, so there's 12 lines, people on 12 lines. So I'm spinning it, and it has landed. This is quite cool. It's not that sound. It doesn't make a sound because I've got no speakers right. there. Is it digital? It's line five. Who's on line five? Uh, ben from Christchurch. Ben from Christchurch. G'day, Ben. How you getting on? We're going good. Are you going to the game tomorrow night? Ah, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, don't want to see a loss. Uh, it's wise. 
I'm more of a league man, Sammy. There you go. You're back in Sam's good books there. Ben, we take a four-leg multi. Do you want to have your pick first or last? Go first, eh? Okay. Don't take what I've taken because I've put all my eggs in one basket. What do you want to take? I've got one at Eddington tonight. Oh, I like it. Okay, so Sam's hurriedly, I'm just going to pad for a little bit so you can find it. Eddington, race number? Race number three, number four, TK Megastar. Win or place? I reckon top two is actually not bad value. Top two. Do you know how to find that, Sam? Uh, what was his name, sorry? Or her name? CJ Megastar. TK Megastar. And what do you want, a winner or a place? No, top two. Two. You don't know how to do that, do you, Sam? Uh, yeah, I've got top two, three, top four Top two, here. three, four, yep. So, so just top, top two, two $2.20. I'll just give you a little bit of a... Uh, Show me the money. Although I am a little bit scared that he's going up against Tedesco. Yeah, yeah. We, he's, he'll be saving himself for next week when the rest is start. No, you'll be right. Okay, two twenty. that kicks us off. I'll go next. Okay. New Zealand versus England. Two and a half days rain, torrential in the forecast. I have to take the draw at 3.40. New Zealand just have to be able to bat for five sessions in their two turns of bat. It will be a draw. 3.40, England, New Zealand, Basin Reserve. Show me the money. Pretty good, actually. Yeah. Three days of rain, isn't it, or two days of rain? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, yep. we'll take that. That's not bad from you, Steph. Uh, the Wedge, Manaya. <laughs> James Harden didn't make the All-Star game, uh, but he did still get almost two weeks off. Uh, I was talking to Steve McIver when he was filling in for you, Steffi. I told him about how there is a direct correlation between the quality of the strip club in the town that he's playing and how well he plays. Um, and it's and it's negative. He plays worse in Strip cities. club towns? Yep. Uh, Memphis. Great great clubs apparently he's also just had a week off this is a man who gets regularly gets out of shape during the season James Harden under 21 and a half points against Memphis dollar 87 87 I just want to know who's collating the research on I'll Memphis I'll send it to you Sam you'll love it there are spreadsheets yeah, um, but someone's obviously ranking the, the clubs chart. in the town yep. and, yeah, okay. that's exactly right and then correlated with uh, his performances uh, well I'll go to uh, Super Bang Bang and um Go to the Chiefs Crusaders, oh, as you would, and I agree with you, Steph. I think it's going to be a bit um, high scoring because I think uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be rusty and dusty, and there'll be a lot of offense, a lot of counter attacks. So there's a little power play under the uh, Crusaders Chiefs tab that says both teams to score ten plus points in the first half at two bucks, um, which I think at two bucks is, is pretty good. Uh, that's what a try and a try on a penalty, try on a penalty, and which, a conversion, try conversion penalty, or you know two, two tries. tries. It's I think it's. It's good enough sure, for a you know a little bit of salt at the end of the at the end of the night. So uh, we put those four. This is going to be a goodie for you, Ben. And uh, at the moment, it's twenty seven dollars <gasps> and ninety seven cents. So whack a fifty dollar bonus bet on that, and it comes out at one thousand three hundred forty eight dollars and seventy six seventy six cents. One three four eight seven six. There you go, Ben. I think that's that's probably the best one we've come up with in terms of I really believe in it. <laughs> I, I don't know about your horse though, Ben. So I mean, that's a gamble. But tell us about your horse. Why? Why top two? Why is it good? Oh, go go and watch its win last start, mm-hmm. and you, you'd be telling yourself you weren't going to back it. Man. That, that, the way it won, I thought it was a pretty gritty win, and I just yeah, it's a horse I've liked for a while now. So 
I told myself I was going to back it. It was going to be my one bet. And driven by the trainer, which is what Sammy Hewitt <laughs> likes. Driver, trainer, Robbie Holmes. Love like a driver-trainer combo. Yeah. Opened at six now, 420. The, the stable money's on. Our money's on. Uh, ben, I hope you're right. I hope we can get a win for you. Beautiful, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, buddy. Ben out of Christchurch playing Show Me The Money. If you want to play the vault... 0800-150-811. Should we do that now, Sam? Yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it after the break. And I think, um, I know what you're thinking. Oh, you know, it's, it's always hard on day one. I actually reckon this one's pretty easy. So oh, I reckon okay. you could get it on day one and be the first person to ever get it after da- after one day. Yes. What a result. And the mean to have that mantle on your fireplace as well as a $100 bonus bet voucher from the TAB. Yeah, straight to 100. We're not starting at 50. We're going straight to 100. Seven questions to get it down. Do get yourself involved, and you can narrow it down. And we are not, we are not phonist. So if you get through today and you make a lot of ground, you can still get through tomorrow because I've now got the spinning wheel. It's completely, um, what do we say? No favourites. So if you do seven today, you might get five tomorrow. So you can choose the direction that the vault goes in. Day one, hundred dollar TAB bonus bet. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The vault is about to close. Seven questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? Here we go. Here we go. Um, the vault, seven questions. Can you open the vault? I have no idea. I've got the pen and paper ready to write down the questions and successfully on the wheel. This time is line three. That equates to... Dave from Cambridge. Dave from Cambridge. G'day, Dave. Afternoon, gentlemen. Hello, Dave. You know how the vault works. You get seven questions, yes, no questions, and at the end of those seven questions, you have to figure out what Sammy Hewitt has. Do we call it a sporting moment, Sam? Correct. Sporting moment. Iconic sporting moment is locked in the vault. Hit us with your seven questions. Go question one. Question number one is what? Is it famous in New Zealand? Is it famous in New Zealand? Yeah. Yes. It's famous in New Zealand. I mean, I don't know, though. Like, is, you know, Tiger Woods winning the Masters famous in New Zealand? Yes. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) No, I get get where you're going, Dave. I get where you're going. Is it a New Zealand sporting moment? Yes, it is. I'm assuming that was still question one clarification. Yeah, we'll make, we'll make that okay, question one. Okay, is it a New Zealand sporting okay. moment? Correct. It is, yes. Yep. Uh, has it got anything to do with rugby? No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, is it played for the ball? Yes, it is. This is better. With a uh, ball, yes. Is it a big ball or a small ball? <laughs> I'm going to need some dimensions from you, Dave. What do you classify as a small ball? Uh, okay, well, small is cricket ball or under. Is it? So you say? Is that the question? Is it a cricket ball or under? Yeah. Correct. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's a great question, actually. Roundabout way, it's a great question. So, is the ball a cricket ball size or less? Yes, I like that. <laughs> this is one of the great it, questions. Uh, is it played with a stick? Played with a stick. Once again, you're going to need clarification on a stick, Dave. Okay. 
Is it played with a club? No, it is not. <laughs> We're down to two sports, aren't we? I think. Uh, is it played with a club? No. Okay. Uh, here's a good one for you. Is the ball furry? Is the ball what? Furry. Furry? Furry? <laughs> is the ball furry? <laughs> oh, Dave, I love it. Is the ball furry? Uh... Oh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Okay, well, that wiped out tennis. Uh, you could have said, is it tennis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you got uh, one more question than a guess. I like to keep you boys on your toes. Oh, I love it. I am definitely uh, on my toes. Okay. Is it after 1990? Yes, it is after 1990. Right, so in summation, you have to have a guess now. So it is, it is a New Zealand sporting moment that is not rugby, does have a ball the size of a cricket ball or smaller that is not furry and you don't use a club and it's after 1990. Good luck with your guess. Okay. Susan Devoy winning the World Championship. Okay, Susan Devoy winning the World Championship. Yep. All right, I'll put that in. Access denied. No, but you know, that's a very original way. Yeah, to to get some stuff. In, but it's not bad, Dave. Dave, um, what did you have for lunch? Uh, what did I have for lunch? Uh, it's just because I like the way you think. Oh, I was just playing on lunch and sandwiches today, mate. Lunch Dave. and sandwiches, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Chiefs thirteen plus tomorrow night, Dave. Oh, I want to hope so. Yeah, good <laughs> man. Both got good team, good good lineups out though. Yeah. Hey boys, I've got a tip for you tomorrow night. At, good. Uh, Canterbury Park. Yes. Uh, the boss has got one running tomorrow night. Mm. Um, I work at Cambridge Stud, and um, Canterbury race eight. It had to be Zoo. It had to be Bang Zoo. She won paying twenty sixes last start. She's had two wins in a row. Um, she's up. She beat the hot favourite that's in the same race again. Um, but she beat it quite convincingly. She's playing 11s tomorrow, so. Mm, very tasty. Nice. All right. Brilliant, Dave. Thank you for that. All good, lad. Go well. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, you get another chance to play that tomorrow. Uh, Manaya, how much have you just put on to buy yourself a new wedge? I don't yeah, have to be I'm zoo. looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you can't borrow five thousand dollars. Uh, <laughs> hey, text in there for as well from Mitch McLean again. And can I just say, Mitch, you're a genius. He, I don't know how he got that from from what he's Dave asked, out. but so Mitch McLennigan's got the sporting moment. He's got it spot on, has he? Yeah, Mitch, you're not. A, you're, and now you know. Now I know. Mitch McLennigan, genius. Can I play tomorrow? No, <laughs> that's not what I was thinking, Mitch McLennigan. So he's guessed it. There you go. So there is a listener out there that guessed it. But he's uh, smarter than the average beer, and he's bigger than the average beer as well. And we will take a break. We'll wrap it up. We'll have a look what back happened back in the day. I've got some text I want to run through as well. Stick around. It's what happened back in the day. February 23, 1980, American speed skater Eric Hyden became the first athlete to win five individual gold medals in one Olympics. The world record 
is in jeopardy as Hyden turns down off the last turn. The world record 1434-33. Hyden moving powerfully for the finish line. And he snaps the time beam at 1428-13. A new world and Olympic record for Eric Hyden. Yep, just 21 years of age, he produced the most successful individual performance in the history of the Olympics, summer or winter. He won the 500,000, 1,500, 5,000, and then the 10,000 as well. And, of course, the great Mark Spitz, who I was named after, he won seven gold medals at the 1972 Munich Olympics, but three of them were in relays. Go Eric Hyden. 1986, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar surpassed Alvin Hayes' all-time NBA leader in games played. He played 1,304 games on that day. He went on to carry on and play 1,560. In 2000, uh, Sir Stanley Matthews sadly passed away aged 85. He had a 33-year career. Uh, He played 886 first-team matches, including 54 internationals for England. Birthdays today, Steve Stricker, now on the Champions Tour, battling it out with Steve Elker. He's 55 today. Another great golfer, Cambo. He turns 53. So 10 years from letting Wimbledon slip away, Michael Campbell is going to win the U.S. Open. Yes, 22 seconds of applause, magnificent. Uh, 48 today, Herschel Gibbs. Can't believe he's 48. Just seemed like the other day he was playing. Daniel Braid is 41, former All Black and Blues flanker, up the Blues. Uh, and on this day in 77, the number one movie was Rocky and the number one song. Phoenix Nation's next. I can see Ricardo Ball, long hair, tats, ready to roll. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Manai. We'll be back tomorrow. Can't wait.